Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Ricky, and with me as always is Bill. This is where you say hello, Bill. Hello, this is Wheel Life Problems, by the way. <laughs> Ricky, you forgot to say that. But, That's in uh, my we... intro. <laughs> That's at the very You totally wrecked the intro. Well, that, well all, right, all right, we're going to retry this again. Retry right. it with... Like as if we, it nothing happened. Like, <laughs> all right, ready, do over. Hey, and welcome to the podcast for the for take two. I'm your host Ricky, and with me as always is Bill. Hey, and today absent is Brandon, so he you're not going to hear him say hello. And then as always, James. Hey there. We are a couple of disabled guys, passionate about gaming and accessibility, and together we are wheel life problems. See, told yeah. you it was in there in the intro, Bill. <laughs> yeah, jumping the gun. <laughs> we're so, live on Twitch for the first talk. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. We're live on Twitch, so tell us, tell us about that. What we're on your stream right now, right? Yeah, so people can uh, can hear us in our rantings, or us and our you know, us a bunch of angry handicapped people now. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, uh, there isn't anybody in chat right now, but that's okay because they're just they're just they're they're in the woodwork, you know. They're coming out. They need a little bit of digestion time, you know. They need to, you know, <laughs> do what they do. All right, yeah, so no one no one heard us fumble our intro. No, no, not, <laughs> not yet. Not until they watch the vod. If they decide to do that. Yeah, and then when they or when someone hears the recording, it's like they fumbled the intro. Well, because someone got a little bit too zealous. <laughs> and forgot how we do our intro, <laughs> which is me. You're good. You're excused, Bill. I forgive this you. This time. <laughs> yeah, this time. Next time, I'm bringing out the whip. No, not the whip. I'll bring out the the wood blocks. They'll block block your chair. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> it also got... You did a... Did you do a... Com- you did a comedy thing, or you got a comedy thing coming up, by the way? I mean, I figured we should... Oh yeah, I was just about to ask how your guys' week was, but yeah, if you're if you're directing the question to me, yeah, I last Sunday, um, not today's April Fool's Day, so this one <laughs> is recording. Happy April Fools, everyone! But the not the not the Sunday before April Fools' Day, but the week before, yeah, I had a stand-up show at the Blue Iguana in, in Fairfax, and I did twelve minutes of time, and I believe I killed. Really? So, did you go cool. from straight for the wheelchair jokes, or did you? Is it all? I had some wheelchair jokes in there, and then some jokes about my parents and stuff. But um, yeah, it was it was really cool. I got invited on the following Friday to do be part of the showcase, and I opened up for um, um, uh, Dwayne Johnson, I think his his name is. And I mean, for everyone who's listening that doesn't know, not only am I your lovable adorable host of this podcast but i am also <laughs> a comedian as well and yeah i kill i um i did some time and what was actually really cool is um there was two people in wheelchairs that were there to actually see me who i'd never met before whereas i guess they got the word out uh through some uh the dmv wheelchair alliance on facebook i guess uh a friend of mine posted my thing on there and they came and saw me and i was like hey how are you guys doing like, yeah, we're here to see you. I was like, no way. That's cool. That's pretty cool. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I just, I know normally you direct the questions at us, but I just, I had saw that and I thought that, I, you know, I wanted to make sure we talked about it because I thought it was cool. And it was unfortunate that 
you know, I wasn't able to make it out, but now that I know that, I might try to make it out for that. Uh, that's next week, you said. Oh no, I I don't have an uh, I don't have a show in the works right now. Okay, well let me know. Let us know. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it was yeah. it was super cool. Um, yeah, I just you know made fun of myself, made fun of my parents. I connected with an audience member. Uh, he was sitting up front while I was trying to tell jokes, and he was playing poker, and so. He kind of became my punching bag throughout the set. So, oh, was... there you go. <laughs> oh man, yeah, but um, yeah, it was it's fun. I got uh, there's a really good photographer there. Uh, if you look him up on Instagram, GB Felder, um, he took some pictures of me too doing during my set, and they came out really good. So, cool. Yeah, how was your guys' week? Um. I've just I've spent the past week just sort of. Um, oops, I had a sound flub there. <laughs> um, I've I've spent the past past week sort of. Well, it's coming up to the end of the financial year, so my work. Um, basically, I've had a lot of annual leave left over that I haven't haven't been using. So I've spent the past about a week and a half, uh, just off, not my work, enjoying some some time around the house and taking the time to. Really been sort of trying to get my head around um, sort of making chip tune music, dipping into that a little bit. What kind of music? Chip tune. So it's I've got a setup that models the 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 sound patterns, the sound forms, waveforms rather of the NES chipset. So you've got your two square wave channels, your triangle wave channel, and a noise channel. So it's all just like bleeps and bloops and things like that. But it's been uh, being a big sort of retro sort of game person, I've been sort of enjoying sort of really trying to like get those authentic NES, NES sounds. It's been a, a lot of fun. Uh, maybe I'll share some on, on Twitter or something, I'm sure. Yeah, do that. That'd be cool. <laughs> fun. Check that out. Neat. That sounds awesome. It's a good way to spend your week. Yeah, the, the software that I use is called Sunvox, so it's it doesn't look like, like a lot of the modern um, sort of audio creation tools. Like FL Studio or GarageBand mm-hmm. are designed for like user user friendliness, but this one has a real kind of like programmer sort of style look to it. So it's all like hex values and things like that. It's it's crazy, but once you get your head around it, it's 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 a lot more simple than it, than it initially appears. So I've been really enjoying so sort of just messing around with that and really tinkering with it. Nice. It sounds yeah, that sounds cool. I would yeah, definitely want to hear that post post it somewhere so we can listen. Yeah, I will do. I have nothing to share yet, but at some point soon, I will have. So that's like chip tune, then, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I'm specifically going for the the NES sound, although the software that I'm yeah. using can do like the the FM sounds of something like the Sega Mega Drive, the Sega Genesis, and things cool. like that. So I'll maybe sort of mess yeah, about with that a little bit in the future. Ah, oh, very cool. So, would I guess do you start work back up again this week or? Uh, I'm off no. the whole week this week. <laughs> nice. Uh, so you got yeah. more. Dude. You got even more time to play around with that. I'm not. I'm not That's back cool. at work until Wednesday. Wednesday next week. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, would it be fucked up to say that? Uh, are you going to spend some of your time sightseeing? Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> I probably won't. I probably won't be. I'll probably be spending as much time at home as, as possible, catching up on that the whole gaming backlog and things like that. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm maybe trying to get out, get out a little bit, actually visit some family members that I haven't seen in months, been neglecting them, so that's mm, probably, cool. yeah. 
All right. Well, so now, Bill, it's your turn. How have you been oh, spending your time since the last time we recorded? Ah, uh, well, you know, I've been doing a lot of streaming. Um, actually, kind of making some decisions in terms of, uh, you know, employment. Um, on top of doing my streaming, I feel as though I'm I'm getting to the point where I kind of want to uh, want to get back into uh, a little bit of the IT stuff. So I'm probably going to be doing some trainings and stuff to be able to you know, get back into that um, so I can do that on top of the streaming and everything. Might be streaming a little bit less as a result of it, but, uh, you know, I feel like it'll be a good uh, sort of move because uh, kind of getting to the point where it's like, you know, I need to kind of have a, a little bit more of a steady income coming in than just Twitch because uh, Twitch, uh, unfortunately, I would love it to be paying the bills right now, but it is not, so... I need to I need to look into that. Um, so, so do you have an IT background already? Yeah, yeah, I've done some IT jobs before. Like uh, prior to this, I was doing uh, I was working at Best Buy at Geek Squad. So now what I'm trying to do is I'm actually going to pursue um, um, actually uh, I want to do like cyber security. So I'm trying to uh, do what they call penetration testing and no it's it's nothing with uh, it's, it's nothing with porn okay it's nothing with porn unfortunately uh but uh <laughs> i'll let you t- i'll let you test my penetration out anytime bill <laughs> well i'm glad to know that no but basically it's like networking testing that's cool um, yeah and that's that's really what i want to do i want to get into ethical hacking and you know, all that stuff. So I feel like it would be, you know, and I could still do this because I feel like it's uh, it's good to have these creative outlets, you know, like uh, having these extra things on top of, you know, other things that I enjoy too because IT is like, you know, IT is like one of my favorite things too. So there you go. So how would you describe ethical hacking? <laughs> Basically any hacking that... Um, you know, uh, basically, it's broken down into two two th- things. There's offensive hacking and there's defensive. Defensive would be like just securing networks, and then um, like the offensive would be actually. Um, uh, I think the military does it. I know that for a fact. Um, they basically will hack like uh, you know different targets or whatever you know to uh, you know cause issues for them um, from their you know like like hard drive failure, you know, like screw up hard drives or like mess up motherboards or, you know, uh, stuff like that, you know. So it's just like kind of, you know, I don't know if I'll be into that necessarily, but I think uh, network security is like really interesting to me because I feel like it's, you know, there's a need for it and it's just, it would be a cool job. Cool. Very cool. Will keep us updated on how that goes, <laughs> well, especially the, the penetration testing. That's that's the one that we're most interested in. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in the chat, he's like testing your penetration levels. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> saying that on your Twitch stream right now. Yeah, my my buddy Chris is saying that, and he's like, "Bill's a real real at it, boy. No joke." <laughs> Tell Chris I'll test his penetration anytime too. <laughs> well, he can like, hear you. So. Oh, he can hear us. Oh, yeah. There you go. Anyone yeah, yeah, yeah. on the stream, you know, if you need some penetration testing, we've got you covered. <laughs> we got this podcast got you covered. <laughs> That's the main goal of wheel wheel life problems is to test all of our audience's penetration. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on. Now that we've gotten the 
that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to our topic of the day, I guess. Uh, so I guess PAX East unleashed, unveiled, what is it, the, the Google Sable is what it is? Stadia. 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 The Google Stadia. So... Did they show it off there too at PAX East? I wasn't sure if they uh, No, it was um, Game Developer Conference. That's where it happened. Although oh, wow. there okay. were other announcements at PAX East, but it wasn't anything Stadia related. Oh, well, I was reading the show notes and I guess I read them wrong. Whoopsie. <laughs> What's going on? Well, yeah. So anyway, yeah, Stadia. Google announced their new gaming platform. And it's quite different from anything else that's on the market. Well, hmm. It's quite different. How would you de- how you how would you describe it as someone who has no idea what it what a Google Stadia is? Okay. Um so <clears throat> how do I start this? Google Stadia. So say you want to play a game, but you don't have a games console, but you have a PC. Or you have a Chromebook, you have a phone or a tablet, or just anything that can access streaming video on the internet. Well, what if Google had a console for you? way in their data centers, probably one nearby, and they ran the game for you, and they streamed the video of that game to your device, and then you play that game with whatever control option you have to hand. So during the presentation, they showed off their Stadia controller thing, which looks like a kind of average third-party controller for a games console. It looked like a PlayStation controller to me when I looked yeah, it up. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it looks nice enough, but it's you know, it doesn't seem like it's it doesn't seem like it's got anything, um, any exceptional or novel features. You know, it's not got like um, the way the PlayStation Four has like the sort of central touchpad or anything like that. Is is probably more in line with the uh, Xbox One controllers or the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty controllers. Um, so nothing game changing, just something very familiar. Yeah, jokes can be told if you want them told. I mean, we got a comedian here. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the main the main benefit of it for me, at least, um, or for people, I think, would be that like, if you don't have the money to put down for a, a big, powerful PC, Google can still stream whatever game you want to play from their selection um, at like sixty frames a second at whatever resolution your connection can support, with all the settings cranked up to ultra high. So I mean, it's 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 quite good that way, or at least it seems like it would be quite good that way. Very few people have got their hands on it, but I mean, it, it probably would depend on the the quality of the internet connection that you have. You know, if you can't sort of stream high quality video. Yeah, then... for me, it sounds like there would be a lot of issues with lag in terms of that, especially if it's streaming. Because I'm like, I guess the main for when you're describing it to me, it sounded like Steam, you know. But Steam, you still have to download the software on a local hard drive and then play it from there. Yeah. Um, so this is almost like cloud gaming in a sense. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like uh, the way that it would be is like something like you would have like a... Uh, like it's basically uh, basically like an app, right? And then you can just like access your cloud-based games. Like there's going to be certain games that are going to be eligible to be able to be played on this, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure whether or not you need to. It seems like it's going to be a subscription-based service, similar to yeah. like, um, the Xbox's Game Pass thing, or you know, like the way Netflix is for TV shows and films and things like that. But right. um, 
Oh, what was I going to say there? Okay, yeah, so there's no there's no word on whether or not you'll need to buy actually buy the games that you're playing although the way things are going i doubt it it seems like they're trying to be like a spotify for games that sort of yeah, thing yeah i mean that seems like where a lot of things are moving uh, you know that, that you know um, subscription based subscription based service mm. yeah because there's another um there's another kind of interesting service that i you know initially we didn't really talk about this in the meeting when we but it, it got me thinking there's this other service called shadow and what shadow basically does is it basically allows you to um turns your computer into a thin client which basically means that you're you're logging into a server and you have like your own session of like windows 10 like a virtual machine basically where you can download games um it's a little bit more high performance um as long as you have a good internet connection um you can pretty much get a high-level gaming PC for about $30 a month. Um, it's a little bit – well, that's not really cheap, but it's um, it's not bad for considering, you know, what it might be for someone to go out and buy, like, you know, a $2,000 PC. You know, um, $30 a month might be a little bit better of an option until they're able to do that. Um so that service is also another interesting one that's been out for a little bit. It's not everywhere, um, which with it, this would be everywhere and readily available pretty quickly, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's other little features about it as well that kind of leverage the, leverage the other services that Google has. So, mm-hmm. for example, um, if you're playing a game on Stadia and you want to stream that game out, you don't need to worry about any... Sort of streaming from your end because the the data center will stream it out to YouTube for you in the same way that it's streaming the video to you. Um, so there's there's little things like that, and there's supposedly they're talking about like if you're watching someone who's playing a game on Stadia and they're streaming it, then you'll be able to jump into uh, an instance of their game if they're at a part of the game where you suddenly want to join in, you can jump into their save. And you'll then have your own instance of the game from where they were playing it and things right. like that. So it does that. And it seems like um, it'll run on basically anything that's got, uh, that can run the app. So uh, yeah, it, it seems like it be could be pretty good. But then there's other sort of, there's issues of like, I mean, you don't actually own any of the games that you play on it. Right. And you're subject to the, the whims of the Stadia library. So if you want to play something and they decide that they take it off, just like, you know, if something disappears off Netflix or whatever, then you just kind of need to go with it, even if you've not finished it or yeah. whatever. So, yeah, you, well. You're at the mercy of the internet as well, too. Now, if you don't have anything hard downloaded to a local hard drive, then, you know, if your internet goes down, then, you know. God, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that too you know, as well. <laughs> you know, another thing I was also thinking about is I know this is another just topic that i just thought of um did you what did what uh, like james i'm curious what your perspective is on this all this article 13 stuff because i know that there's like uh, i know the eu's really been you know talking about this and i figured you would have a little bit more of a better understanding of it than we actually would because what my understanding was that basically this would be pushing you know, content filtering, which the reason why I'm bringing this up is that it directly affects things like such as 
podcasts and other things with like trademarking issues. And basically, from what I've heard, it had something to do with contact uh, content. Like you would eventually need content content like uh, filters where it would certain stuff if it came up as being copyrighted, you would run into potential issues for creators. And I was just kind of curious if you, what you may have known about this. Yeah, it's I've heard about the Article Thirteen. I think it was um, after review. It went to the they're now calling it Article Seventeen or something, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's. The British news has been like ninety percent Brexit, so this has made <laughs> yeah, like yeah. no traction on the news oh, at all. Oh, really? Even, really? Yeah, yeah. So, like, unless I'm <laughs> the the first I heard about it was when a video came up on YouTube saying, "Oh, Article Thirteen is coming. You should write to your local representatives." And I was like, "YouTube, don't tell me what to do," you know. But um, yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, like, I, Anything that's sort of that, from what I've heard about it, it's 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 a troubling thing because to me because anything I mean on YouTube specifically you know but other in other places as well, um, things like content ID and things are already like they already come down hard on anyone who has you know a perfectly reasonable fair use argument for using copyrighted material, so right. Like anything that gives more power to the corporations to stamp down on people making, you know, fair use of copyrighted material, um, I'm not really so happy with. But yeah, because mm, like, yeah, I agree with you 100. percent But as I say, it's there's been nothing about it in the news unless, except like maybe popping up in the technology sections of some of the more left leaning newspapers or things like that. Yeah, well, because I think it's something that we we need to that I, I feel like it was an important thing to bring up, and the only reason why is because the way that would affect content creators um, on a level that you know because we're talking about basically you know content filtering on such a high level that's like you know what and then and then how are you going to make it smart enough to you know know the difference between something that's like parody or meme or something like that yeah. where it's where it's fair use. I mean, th- those are fair use situations because like, for instance, my logo that I have, it looks like, like vault boy, but it's not vault boy. It's a likeness of him, but it's not him per se. You know, it's not like I'm trying to sell fallout, a fallout product, you know, I'm, it's a parody of it. So that makes it okay to use, but it's like, are these content filters going to be smart enough to realize the difference between something like that you know, and that's kind of the question. Like, I don't think it means the end of meme culture, but I think it's a good question to ask these things about the internet and, you know, the way things are being censored and the way things are being sort of manipulated. Um, and a lot of these, you know, it seems like governments and bigger corporations are kind of shaping the internet into what they want as opposed to what, you know, yeah, is really... Yeah. I mean, what they had in mind when they kind of opened up the internet, you know. I mean, the, the thing that sort of worries me about that is a lot of this stuff is it's it's take it down and then appeal it later. You know, it's it's all the powers in the right. hand of the corporations, and so much of it is done with with algorithms and with AI. Where, I mean, it might be very good, but it's not going to have the it's not going to be able to. To make decisions with, with the, the level of nuance that a person would 
with the with the right training and things, with the information at hand. Like you say, your Vault Boy style logo, parody as it is, may well get flagged up by yeah, these exactly. systems. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it could, you know. Um, Ricky, have you heard anything about, like, article continuing this, or am I just, like, kind of throwing this out there and you don't really... I had no idea about any of this. Is uh, that's why I was like paying attention, listening. I was like, "What is Article 13?" Well, yeah, it's oh, just God. kind of an interesting thing. And uh, by the way, that kind of uh, originally, I was thinking we were going to talk about the um, that the thing about that whole Doctor Phil thing, the interable couple. But I think uh, I think we've kind of digressed from that. And I feel like I feel like we probably should wait for Brandon for that because he has a direct understanding of that. You know, that type of thing because mm. he he is married to a woman that is able-bodied and you know that might be very interesting to get kind of his take on um on that because he's he, he, you're talking to someone that actually has that type of relationship so i feel like he probably it probably be better for us to cover that in the the next the episode. episode yeah just because um but you know, I did think the Article 13 thing was worth bringing up just because of the way that it does affect content. You know, it's something to something to definitely look into for sure. I mean, it's something to definitely be aware of that, you know, yeah. the Internet is being shaped. It is being manipulated by corporations, you know, unfortunately. And I thought you were trying to draw a parallel between that and the Google Stadia. That's why I was like paying attention. It's like, wait, well, what like, happened? Like, <laughs> Well, well, I mean, that. Well, so you have that going on, like, and that's kind of an example of where the internet is kind of going in a good place where you kind of have like, you know, we're becoming more subscription based services. And I feel like that's, that's a kind of a cool thing because it's basically allowing for the consumer to be able to pay a monthly price as opposed to like, you know, be stuck, you know, paying like you know, for these individual games because it might be more appealing ultimately because think about it. I mean, $60 a pop for a game versus like, hey, you might they might have some new titles that come out for this thing and then, you know, you can play those titles for, you know, a reasonable price. I mean, they got other services out there too, like Game Pass, you know, $10 a month and a lot of times on Xbox you can get, you know, you can get a game that just came out like, yeah, yeah. on that service a lot of times. So, you know, you're. It, this is starting to be an emerging thing, but then it's like you have the other side of the internet where it's kind of like, it's like the censorship side where it's like the kind of the closed off side, and yet something like this seems like more of the opening, inviting side of the internet where it's like kind of promoting the mm. idea of like I don't know, just it. It just seems like a more I don't know a more inviting experience than like what it is creating content you know yeah the the thing as well but this is that, that people need to remember is that although this is an eu regulation that doesn't necessarily mean that it will be limited to eu territories so if you're living in britain it will probably impact britain just as much as it impacts france germany spain the rest of them but bear in mind as well um when was it? Maybe last year. If you remember, do you remember GDPR? Um, I do not. General Data Protection Regulations. Now, this was an overhaul of um, data protection and privacy mm-hmm. regulations in the EU, and it meant that for about like a, bit, a week or two, 
or the the weeks leading up to the the the, the change in EU regulations. Pretty much, if you live in the EU and probably beyond it, actually, um, all the all the big websites that had some of your data were sending out like privacy um, changes to terms of service, asking you to accept new like um, new agreements and things like that because they were all shifting their their uh, terms of service and their end user licensing agreements to accommodate the EU regulations. And a lot of big organisations outside of the EU just decided to to make GDPR their standard so places like Facebook and all that apply GDPR rules outside of the EU even if uh, you know mm. even though they don't have to because it's easier for them to have just these one quite strict rules about data protection than having separate rules for separate territories so it wouldn't surprise me if the article 13 stuff if various um, like <clears throat> if other uh, if Big organizations just start applying that everywhere. And yeah, because it's yeah, because you know YouTube is not just. I mean, it's everywhere. <laughs> and worse, you know, other territories, North America, you know, Asia, and places like that. All these different um, sort of regions of the world could just take this now as like this is you are leading the way. So and it passed there. So why not just pass it everywhere? Why not just bring in their own? Similarly. Um, sort of divisive, <laughs> similarly uh, strict regulations. It's it's worrying. It's worrying longer term. Yeah, it just seems like regulation, regulation, just mm. kind of becoming the, the, you know, the word here, here of late. But, I mean, there are things that are, you know, there's still things that are innovative that are coming to the internet that are good things. Um, it's not all bad, but at the same time, it doesn't put in question, you know, you know where are they, you know, just where are they going with things? You don't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to do some more reading on this Article 13 because I feel totally ignorant and stupid right now. <laughs> well, to be honest, right, like we we're saying, if you if you don't go looking for it, if you're not one of these people that, if you don't like sort of uh, have an RSS feed set up to get articles all the fresh articles from places like maybe Ars Technica or you know some of these other big technology websites, then it's it'd be quite easy just to miss it because none of the big uh, general news sites or stations have been covering it. It just yeah, managed I mean, to slip not... in under the radar. Yeah, and I thought it was just it just just something clicked in my head that made me think, okay, James might know something about this or the effects of this or something because I feel like. You know, although I know that there's that whole Brexit Brexit thing, and I know that's what that's probably everything that you're that's on your news coverage. I can imagine. Yeah, um, I, I, do, I feel like I've let the podcast point. down a bit as the Wheel Life Problems European correspondent. I hope to make sure I'm better informed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, it just seems like that's kind of been the thing. Uh, I know. Uh, what was it? Um, what's the woman over there? Your Prime Minister Merkel or something? Yeah. Uh, Theresa May is our Prime Minister. Theresa May. Yeah. I'm thinking of the, the the German lady I was thinking of. Yeah, Theresa May. Yeah, she's been dealing with the... She was trying to push back... Like, you know, they were trying to... I don't know. There was something with negotiations oh, with yeah. the EU and all this yeah. shit. And it basically, whole, yeah. It sounds like a whole mess. She's brought the third... <laughs> she keeps bringing... She's brought the, the same the same bill, the same deal with the EU to Parliament yeah, three yeah. times and Parliament has rejected it three times and she keeps bringing it back and it's a total... 
And it's never going to end. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's never going to end, but yeah, that's kind of interesting because I know that's kind of the whole thing that's going on in that part of the world. But um, in terms of, uh, I don't know, I think it's just, uh, I think it's just interesting how, you know, in the next few years, like what we're going to see happen with, um, with the internet and where, you know, what, you know, what they kind of do as far as content goes, because it just seems like, uh, YouTube used to be more of a, a little bit more of an edgy sort of thing where the, you know, a lot of the stuff that they allowed was, you know, I mean, you would get a little bit of everything it seems like. And I mean, some negative messages, you know, some, some messages that we, you know, that I definitely don't support. Um, you know, we're being put on there, but it kind of becomes this whole question of if you're doing freedom of speech, you know, if you do it for one, you should do it for all. And it just becomes this bigger discussion topic beyond just, uh, you know, other things. But I feel like, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Righto. Anyways. Um... <laughs> Um, on the subject of Google Stadia as well, I don't know if you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go back to Stadia. Yeah. Um, basically, <laughs> a week later, Apple announced their own very similar thing, which you know, at the at the risk of repeating oh, yeah. myself, you know, the same type of streaming service, Apple exclusive Arcade, games, right? Apple Arcade. Yeah. So, um, the the thing that they. Apple already, well, I guess, no, they don't really have a dedicated gaming system or platform. I was, I was just thinking with, like, Apple TVs, I know that you can play games on there and hook up, uh, you can use the controller, their remote as a controller for some things, but I guess that's more aligned lines of, like, just, you know, game, like, uh, uh, phone game gaming and stuff. Or iOS devices, they say. Yeah, iOS device yeah. gaming, yeah, there we go. So Yeah, it's basically where it's going, yeah. <laughs> But one of the interesting things they were pushing about that was like a big part of their presentation was like no adverts, no fees, like mic no microtransactions. These are just like normal games. I've seen it described as basically Apple trying to like they've created this free to play monster where most ninety nine percent of games on their app stores are ad supported, microtransaction packed, um in a lot of cases crap. But How's that going to work? I don't. I don't see that working for very long. Like, yeah, I mean, it's subscription based from the looks of things. So, like, oh, okay, you know, well. so you'll get access to, it. and it looks like they're going to have exclusive games as well. So, I mean, I'm sure some yeah. people will go for it, and it's Apple. So, I mean, it'll have a certain level yeah, of production behind it. But it seems like there's so many different types of these types of services these days. It's always like this. This well, everyone of, wants their slice of the pie, is what I'm was I'm assuming, and I'm sure Iowa Apple is just, is just going for everyone who's already like an Apple fanboy base and being like, hey, we have game, we have games now too, and you know they'll yeah, get their slice I of mean, the pie just with that. I don't think they're trying to go after the entire gaming market; they just want a little a little sliver. Yeah, I mean, there's interesting things that I've seen, like you know, um, I know uh, Fox News had this whole thing where they had this Fox Nation where you can pay a subscription you can get all these extra programs that they have there's a there's cbs is now getting into something as all commercial for that this morning uh where they're getting into some service um you know you got dc universe you know uh which i actually have it's like eight bucks a month and you can 
It gives you access to comics and it gives you access to their WB movies and some of their shows. And they've thrown exclusives on there. I mean, that's just just an example of some of them. But it just seems like this. It seems like we're kind of in the subscription age. I mean, music kind of went that way. You know, uh, Spotify is just a reimagining of what Napster was doing. Just uh, <laughs> they they figured they, they just innovated. You know, they just so we got music streaming. We got movie streaming. We got, you know. I mean, pretty soon they're going to have like movie theater service, probably. <laughs> where you well, can, they like, had that with Movie Pass. Yeah, well, they had, yeah, they had that, but you know, there's also that. Yeah, I mean, uh, AMC's got their their thing, and I've been doing that. Um, which, uh, you know, coming soon to a home near you, Wheel Life Problem Subscription Service. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> we'll also have microtransactions. <laughs> Get Ricky to do this. <laughs> Ricky yeah. will do this with his butt if you pay them. No, we'll set it apart. We'll have macro transactions instead. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. 40 pounds or something. $60. Yep, exactly. <laughs> pay a huge lump fee for something that's totally not worth it, but you'll pay. Yeah, if you, if you pay, pay Ricky a dollar, he'll get, he'll tell you a joke. <laughs> if you pay me a dollar, I'll, do, I'll record the podcast wearing the hat. That's, <laughs> you can't see it, but it's there. Oh, shit. I can't. A dollar, you say? <laughs> it's just a dollar. It's a bargain. I'm sorry. It's sold. a bargain for a joke. James, you better be wearing a hat next time. Mm. Right, well, we'll, we'll be watching. It. We'll be listening. <laughs> we'll be listening for the type of hat. Well, as we digress, uh, <laughs> um, and back to the you know subscription-based gaming services like Sadie and the Apple. Um, how do you think that's going to affect uh, accessibility or the, the accessibility world? You... Oh, well, actually, that's a good point because on the Stadia side of things, on the Stadia side of things, they did have in their presentation on one of the slides, they had all the different controllers, and one of those controllers was the Xbox Adaptive Controller. Well, there you oh, go. So they're already they're looking at, looking at uh, integrating accessibility options already from the get-go then. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, maybe. I mean, it seems like it will be more on the developer, on the game developer's end, to, if they really want to go all in on accessibility features. But at least it looks like you can use the the A, the XAC to, to... Yeah, because, I mean, the Stadia is more of a... This is more of a hosting-type situation mm. um, for them. So it's kind of like it, it's still on the developers that are making the games to make them available to those types of things. Um, Apple, I don't know. I can see they're pro- I can see them probably limiting the type of controller that you can use with that um, just because they're Apple and I don't really know what options they have. I mean, I, yeah. I, mean, I guess if something's Bluetooth... Might still work with their devices. I just don't know enough about this Apple Arcade to really mm. um, make a fair statement on that. I don't really know, but um, well, in terms of Apple and accessibility, that's why I have the iPhone. I think because there's it's pretty good in, for accessibility with me. Yeah, the I don't use them, but they have the option for switch control. But they have uh, an accessibility option for someone who's me who has like uh, mobility issues when you know fingers don't really work. They have a a little circle thing you can turn on that helps you control your phone a lot easier if you're not able to actually push like push the home button or the volume buttons and stuff. So oh really? Yeah, they and that's the same thing with my laptop, uh, Apple. Um, 
in terms of accessibility, I mean, I'm able to use my stuff pretty easily without having to do anything third party. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. I mean, I, I think it just depends on the perspective here because I don't know from the gaming perspective, you know, really where they're at in terms of really those types of thought. But I mean, there might be actually some thought to it because I mean, I know that there are a lot of options in terms of, I mean, even features for um, the visually impaired, which I'm, I don't know if you use uh, an iPhone, James. I do, but yeah. I know, yeah. I know that there's a lot of features in terms of like things that can talk to you um, mm. in terms of like, and I just know that there's a lot of like really cool features. I mean, making books that were not readable, readable on there. Yeah, and other yeah, things. totally. I mean, actually like both Apple and Google are pretty good for people with sight loss when it comes to mobile phones. Traditionally, like Apple were the the top tier, but I mean, you would have to pay a bit more for it. But Google, Google stuff for for people with sight loss, Google stuff is the Android phones is pretty good now as well. There's not much between yeah, them. They're, they're coming along. They're, they're coming along. There's definitely a lot more. I mean, if you just go and just just start looking in accessibility features, like just on the phone itself, just going in that menu, you can really see that there's a, just a plethora of a lot of different options that used to not be there when Android first came on the market. And um, you really you really can put them side by side at this point. I think the iPhone and the Android phones, uh, uh, my specific use of Android phones is Samsung. Uh, but that's um, from my experience. They seem to be they seem to have a lot of accessibility features that uh, you know. So it's safe to say that in the future, when the Sadia and the Arcade take off, that it's possible that they're going to have accessibility in the mind, and that we'll be able to work with it. Mm. I guess in, in terms. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm I'm more optimistic about that than I would have been if it was like Nintendo or Sony launching a similar service. Just because Apple and Google both have quite good accessibility options in their existing devices already. With the Apple Arcade one, I'm curious as to what devices you'll be able to play that with. Like what sort of control option control options you'll have, whether it'll be like right. you know, touch controls or whatever. If there'll be like a in phone integration option as well. Yeah, like like how's that gonna work? I've actually, I mean, maybe they've already put out that information. I haven't done any research. <laughs> I just looked it up, looked it up on the Apple website, and I didn't see anything on it there. So maybe they, maybe they talked about it in their press conference. But certainly, given their their track record on accessibility and things like macOS X and iOS, I'm hopeful that they'll they'll put in at least they'll get some of the way there and be responsive to to feedback from users with disabilities. Yeah, I, I I feel like they're kind of like in a, they've got a head start on it already because kind of like I said, they they have to, I mean, everyone has a phone, so they have to think about accessibility when it comes to a phone. So when it comes to gaming, I'm sure that they'll be like, oh, you know what, we needed accessibility for our phones, you know, maybe we should think about it for our game. So I have a glimmer of hope for the companies. So we shall see what's in store for the future. We shall see. All right. Well, I think other than that, that's uh, a good place for us to start wrapping things up unless you guys have any closing arguments, for lack of a better term, or anything you want to get off your old chest. Or do we have any audience members with any 
<laughs> any uh, burning desires or oh, questions? That's right. Yeah, you got you got the stream, the Twitch stream. Viewer. I don't know if we do, but I just figured. Or or hi viewers, hi people. I mean, you're not viewers. You're not numbers. You're Listeners. people. <laughs> I'm sure you're people too. No, um, <laughs> but uh, no. I just figured I'd open that up if anybody had anything, but. I really don't, but I think uh, I'm hoping that um, that Brandon uh, is able to uh, install reinstall everything quickly and get his uh, get his desk all situated because it sounded like he just has a jungle of wires and other fun stuff that he he has to do throughout the week. Yeah, so for those that are interested <laughs> in wondering why Brandon wasn't here, he is having computer issues, and that's why he was not able to join us today. So now your burning question has been answered. Yeah, when technology fails, it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. That's why they love it. <laughs> all right, well, I guess let's wrap up. Uh, I guess thank you to all your wheelchair gamer uh, Twitch streamers who decided to listen in on us today. Yeah. Um, thanks to everyone for tuning in to another episode of Wheel Life Problems. You can subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. Follow us on Twitter at Problems Wheel. You can follow me on social media. I'm at The Rickles. You can follow Bill. He's Wheelchair Gamer. Gamer spelled with three. You can follow Brandon at Accessible Gamer. And you can follow James at James Kyle. Thanks again. And remember to keep it wheel, folks.